Hello everybody and welcome to The Bit Effect. Today we are talking about a binary domain, which means that you can have the domain name of a binary thing or that uh, you either have the domain or you don't. There's really no middle ground there. But uh, we will talk about what both binary things mean and domain-y things mean. And this intro is terrible. Cut to the music, please. So, uh, with me in his dapper French-Canadian robot suit is my good friend Mike. Bonjour. Bonjour, my friends. Ah, thank you. Uh, and with me in his dapper goatee and, uh, let's say laser gun is, uh, my good friend Craig. Hello. Now, Craig, you seem to have trouble with your children. Yes. Uh, is it that you are a bad parent or that you just don't care? Uh... The, the studio would like to know. My children are hollow. Oh, you have hollow children? That's that's a great start, top topic starter <laughs> if I didn't have a stroke right then. Alright, so Binary Domain was Mike's big old pick for our next three. Uh, we had what was your pick before? Because okay. mine was Dragon Age. Yours was Dragon Yours Age. Was... What the hell did I pick? I have no idea. Uh, oh, um, Luke's was Luigi's Mansion. Mine's was Control. Uh, whoa, whoa. All right, so yeah, this is this is a, a bit stockpiled, but yeah, this is in the group where Luke picked Luigi's Mansion back when he was still alive and not a gelatinous blob. Uh, I picked Dragon Age, Mike picked Binary Domain, and uh, Craig picked Control. Yeah, which was which... the best game out of all of those four games. Ooh! Oh, I don't know. Uh, one of them is a really good third-person shooter, and the other one uh, looks like David Cage wanked all over, <laughs> you know, Twin Peaks. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so Mike, uh, before we get started into stats and all that nonsense, uh, is there any special reason why you picked Binary Domain out of all the games you've ever played? The length of time yeah. it takes to beat. <laughs> the length of time it takes to beat. <laughs> No, I, I I I got hyped to this game originally when I, when I first heard about it. Um, I was already in my Yakuza days. I'd I'd been playing. I'd been playing on PS2. I'd moved to the PS3. I'd been enjoying it. I'd been seeing sort of like a lot of waiting around for Yakuza games, which may well not come to the UK, and in fact still haven't. Um, and and this seemed like a bit of a, an oddball. It was a game from that group. But sort of like, you know, taking a different different angle. Also, strangely enough, launching very close to its its biggest sort of lookalikey, which would be a Vanquish. So yeah, yeah, this was uh, this this was highly anticipated. I'd already seen, I think, yeah, at the time I'd already seen Dead Souls, which was not specifically. A great game. <laughs> I was gonna say good, <laughs> um, but but I'd I'd looked at this and I was thinking this has this has what could fundamentally be a a good game written all over it. And of course, being me, I I grabbed it the very first day it came out, uh, played straight through it, and I wanted to revisit to see how it had, how it had stood up to the test of time. All right. Uh, what about you, Craig? Do you have any history with Binary Domain? I have 
absolutely no history with binary domain at all. The um, main protagonist looks a bit like Commander Shepard, which is the closest I can get to any connection I have with the game. Okay. Uh, also looks like the main character of Vanquish. Well, does it? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he does quite a bit, actually. <laughs> um, one of them smokes, one of them doesn't. Um, myself, I have as much history as Craig does, so uh, reams of history with this game. Uh, this was always something that, oddly enough, in my brain, it never clicked that this was Sega. So I would see the cover in game stores, and I would see it like on, you know, once it hit PC, you'd see it on Steam every once in a while. But I always kind of brushed it off as, oh, it's a Vanquish knockoff by some other studio, and I'm not really interested. But um, so, yeah, I'm really happy uh, Mike picked this for our show. So, uh, Mike, since you are the man that loves Sega the most out of anybody on Earth, why don't you go ahead and give us a quick background on this game's studio? Right, well, contrary to popular belief, um, every one of these games has been made by Toshihiro Nagashi. <laughs> he handcrafted them himself, and then he wrote up a fictional list of other people who collaborated with him in the process of making this game. He is the composer, director, general programmer, and just all-around author. You know, he's a, a fine guy, and over time his, his skin colour has changed along with his hairstyle. However... Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, looking at him, he goes all the way back to, you know, like Virtual Racing, Scud Race. I think he's got a hand in Daytona, Super Monkey Ball, all sorts of things. But the actual studio themselves, um, the hard to pronounce, but go on, why not? You only live once. Ryu Ga Gotoku Studio um, was founded in 2011, oddly enough, which is contrary to popular belief because I'm pretty sure I was playing Yakuza 3 before then, but it turns out Binary Domain is actually the first game released under that studio banner. Um, it also actually coincides with Yakuza 5, which then again we got about two or three years later, and I remember having to get a digital copy. Yeah, and it was digital. Yeah. Got released on PS Plus, which was irritating because I spent 25 quid buying <laughs> the bloody thing. But you know, you make mistakes. But um but yeah, yeah. That that company, because I'm only gonna pronounce the name once, <laughs> have, have, have since gone on to make, you know, absolute crazy amazing games. Yakuza Kiwami, Yakuza Zero, um Yakuza Six, Fist of the North Star, which was a, a welcome if not necessarily played by me, sort of a, a game. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I like the idea of a Fist and North Star game. I've always looked, liked the movie and stuff. Um, I, I even liked a bit of the TV shows and stuff. But um, the main point is they did a Wii U version of Yakuza 1 and 2, which everyone always forgets about. But I'll always want to play a fan translation of that if anyone ever gets around to it. Now, hold on. Hold on. I They did a Wii U tra- a version of Yakuza 1 and it's, 2? It is it's strictly a... It's not a Kiwami it is a HD version. Oh, so not, see, I didn't know that. No, no, it's true. It's true. It's Japanese only. It was never never brought overseas. But huh. yeah, it looks pretty cool. And I was really hoping it had come out at some point, but it never did. Boy, that could have um, really bolstered the Wii U if the Yakuza, uh, Yakuza boom happened just a few years earlier. Kind of, but at the same point, there's the thing that I don't know what load times would have been like because it Ooh. was pretty much a one-to-one translation with a few little 
nip and tucks. It wasn't the full Kiwami experience where it's, you know, prioritizing 1080p and 60 frames per second, that sort of stuff. Well, if the Wii U was known for anything, it was a zippy load times. What Wii, um, what the hell Wii U did you have? <laughs> <laughs> look, look, look. I figure I'll get a jump on everybody who about five years from now is going to say how amazing the Wii U was. And I'm going to start now. Okay. And I'm going to start making stuff up and it'll be great. Anyway, this isn't Dave time. This is Nagoshi time. So oh, let's go back to him again. I'm sorry, oh. Mr. So Mr. Segarelli Championship, he, he also... Oh, no, actually, oops, that's Tetsuya Mizuguchi. I yeah, Apologies. I was about ready to call you on that. However, 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 let's let's go back, let's go back. Judgment has been a previous star of our podcast. Oh, that's true, um, yes. And in the future, we can expect Yakuza, I refuse to call it that, so I'm going to call it Yakuza 7. I'm, I'm never going to say what it's actually called. Why? Like a dragon, I, I know that's the name of the move, the Mikey Takashi movie as well. But it's a terrible. I don't like the name of that. Uh, why, why don't you call it Yakuza: The Dragon of Dojima or something like that? That sounds a little bit better. Uh, all right, yeah, I, I can sort of understand that's, that. That sounds like an origin story. Mm. Yeah, that, that'd be that instead of Kawami, you'd yeah. have Yakuza: Dragon of Dojima. No, that would be um, zero. Funnily enough, though, I I have played the demo of this upcoming game, and and contrary to to expectations of it being a, a bit weird because it's an RPG, it actually plays really well, and I I like what I'm seeing. So, look would it help to if Kiryu sung "Like a Dragon" to the tune of "Like a Virgin"? Oh, like a dragon, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> punching for the very first time. I I think I think it would work great, uh, personally. Anyway, back to the uh, anyway. time. Uh yeah, I d I don't know where else we can go with him really. He's he's been he's been at Sega since nineteen eighty nine, for God's sakes. That's a that's a hell of a long time. And I'm sure I'm only just touching the top of the iceberg of what he's been responsible for. It um it is true, it is true, contrary to popular belief, that he has actually been more of a sort of executive director of a lot of games more recently, but I'm pretty sure he's still dabbling in everything because he seems like quite a multi you know, quite a talented fella, by the sounds of it. Like, he doesn't like, look the sort of guy. <laughs> over time, he suddenly turned into some sort of bronzed equivalent of a mafia member. But um, Yeah, yeah, he's kind of gone the Itagaki route. Uh, okay, mm. so so it, it's strange to me, right? Because, um, like I, we've said before on the Yakuza podcast, I never really put that much stock in the Yakuza. I played one and two. It was fun, but never really thought about it. Now that I'm, I'm actually replaying the series with the podcast, it, it's starting to get a lot more um, special to me because, you know, it's a really good game series. But um, I never would have thought of Nagoshi as the Hideo Kojima, the, the Miyamoto of Sega, because normally everybody thinks you Suzuki. But that dude has not done anything good since 1991. And... So, so this guy kind of is like one of the big uh, auteurs, I guess, of Sega. And he doesn't get talked about near as much as like a Kojima or a Miyamoto or a Miyazaki or any of those guys that are very auteur game developers. I wonder why. It's because of that old, if you do your job right, then no one will have known that you've done your job at all. Type. So you're, what you're saying is I am correct <laughs> when I say Kojima does a terrible job. <laughs> you're saying... Uh, well, it's like Treasure. Tre- who who do you... 
I don't know if off the top of my head I can name a treasure person, but I know all their games are pretty much There bangers. was Mr. Gunstar Hero, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Mr. Alien Soldier. Um, but, so, but, but yeah, he, he is a guy who looks like he craves attention, quite obviously. So. Yeah, he looks like a, a Yuko Taro kind of guy. Of like He wants yeah. to be in the spotlight, but you never hear anybody other than Yakuza fans talk about this guy. Or like a Yoko Taro, but with actual better games. With a human yes. head on him, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I find it very strange that he's not a prominent figure in any kind of development. I mean, I mean, more people know the name of the guy who made the first nine Final Fantasies than the guy who's still making good games right now. Mm. So, yeah, it's just a little strange. But anyway, speaking of that nonsense... Uh, just just because, you know, we need to do stats. Binary Domain released on the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 in February of 2012. And it was pretty much worldwide. I mean, you know, there's a slight difference in days, but it was all in February. Uh, it later got ported to Microsoft Windows uh, <laughs> on April 27th of 2012. The director, of course, is Toshiro Nagoshi and Daisuke Sato. With, uh, and I didn't know this, the writers, uh, it's, oh boy, Soroshi Faroda and Anthony Johnston, who I'd never heard of, but I did a quick Google of, and evidently he writes a lot of comic books. Hmm. Uh, with, I believe, Wasteland being the probably the most popular one, or Atomic Blonde. I'm not really big into comics, but you know those were the big things that popped hmm. up when I Googled them. And the composers being Grand Funk, Spacewalker, and Sounddrive. Hmm. Who I am not familiar with in the slightest. Me neither. And to be honest, uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but I didn't notice the music in this game at all, especially overall the gunshots and the voice acting. It was oh never really... God, you're actually right. Like, what the hell was the music? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so there's not a lot of time to, to listen to the soundtrack amidst all the, the yelling about how if you were to die, we would be in a pickle. Oh. And... All the gunshots. So uh, and they are blasting noises. They are very blasting. In fact, the the only notable soundtrack music I think is the vending machine secret drop. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 I, I like those. It's a nice little touch because every time I walked up to one of those stupid vending machines, I would make my purchase, walk away, be like five feet away, <laughs> and then hear it. And you're like, oh crap! And then you have to walk back and get it. But, uh, okay, so let, let, let's crack into this. Remember, uh, put on your serious game reviewer hats mm-hmm. right now, gentlemen. Uh, l- mm-hmm. Let us discuss the graphics and the visuals of this here entertainment piece. Well, strangely enough, David, it's, uh, it's something well worthy of the reporter correspondence <laughs> that I, I henceforth bring to the podcast, <laughs> that I should say. It looks pretty banging. Ah, yeah. oh, jeez, exactly. well, you know what? Which one of these is not like the others? <laughs> you know, we invite you into our club, give you a fancy hat, Craig, and you refuse to speak like Thurston Howell the Third. <laughs> I really don't like this. Uh, but yeah, okay, so so graphics. Uh, we just reported a, recorded a podcast where the game looked kind of like oatmeal ass cheeks. Uh, what do we think about this one? I, I am a fan. I am a definite fan. I think this is a, a game that is initially quite deceptive about how how strong its 
visual strength can be. I think there's a, there's a lot going on. I think all the way through it keeps changing up the stuff. Level design might not really appeal as much to the art style as, as, as you'd want, but I think there's a lot going on there, and I, I, I quite like all the designs. Yeah, I think a lot of it is generic to a point, but with just enough personality to keep me keep me happy. Um, like like cracking into this, uh, I I can't say I noticed anything right off the bat that was anything more than oh okay yeah PS PS three three sixty visuals. I gotta remember that, and uh, once once you know you get used to that level of fidelity again. Uh, yeah, I didn't see much that I would call bad, but I also didn't see much that I would call good. I mean, I, I think some of the, the, the graphical blandness just comes from the locations because, well, it, you know, if, if you make a game about being in a junk heap, most of everything is going to look like junk yeah. or it's going to look like an office building or things like that. It wasn't until you hit very certain like set pieces that I was like, oh, this is very cool. Like the way they world build with, uh, do you remember when you come out of the sewer and you're in like that cafe? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, mm. oh, this is nice and different. Oh. Or, or once you hit the uh, the headquarters of the office building, that's when it started to look interesting to me. There but are, I, I can't say it does it bad. No, there's a few interesting locations. Even that wee underground market is very neon and nice looking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very um, Blade Runner. And then the, the inside the corporation, when you get into that inside farm area and it's just gigantic inside it i thought it's visually spectacular the graphics look great and the character models look fantastic as well and big bo's for the eyes big bo's eyes and facial expressions <laughs> honestly i could not be happier when well, we need to was... talk about big bo <laughs> we, we need he needs his own section it'll be he big really bo time it's his own episode <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. I was going to say, it, it's strange because um, due to recording schedules, uh, and we ended up playing this like a couple weeks ago, just because we couldn't fit everything in. Turns out the world's going to hell in a handbasket. But um, we're still going to talk about stupid video games. I played this this morning. <laughs> oh, well, that's... Well, okay, so I played it a couple weeks ago. Mike played it a couple weeks ago. Again, which one of these is not like the other? Um, so... Uh, I actually forgot about that that whole area where you go through the the like the hydroponics lab mm -hmm. uh, and stuff. It just completely slipped my mind. So yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Um, in terms of like the people, I think the people are all well well designed. Other than that one lady who looks like a homunculus, someone put together oh, in the basement. It's, it's a shame. I know that I know they were going for like a gruff Rachel? demolition. Yeah, yeah, lady. yeah, Rachel. Yeah. But oh my God. it looks like she's a gruff demolitions lady that get caught in her own explosion. And then was grafted back together. <laughs> so so it turns out that maybe one night Nagoshi was tired and he didn't feel like finishing the model. But um, yeah, yeah. And she didn't walk away with a cool demo man like eye patch. It was just, oh, that face. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like like all the character models look really good. Almost yeah. every single one of them, except for her. It was very strange to see. It's like, oh, oh, you got PS2 faced, lady. Um, this is definitely a case where it could have gone. It could have gone completely wrong. It's like when you, when your company, when your your team pretty much specializes in the art form of Japanese people. Full stop. Yeah. 
and then all of a sudden you're let loose on a sort of like worldwide development and in a way i'm guessing that's what they're aiming for it's quite a I don't know. I think some of it is quite, quite good. I mean, I mean, the only other one I would bring up as he looks funky sometimes would be your main character, Dan. Mm. Like, like he, he, every once in a while, there's a facial feature that just doesn't look right. And like, like a part of his cheek will clip through and it's like, oh, okay. That's a little I, strange. But again, like our Lord and Savior, Big Bo, Big Bo is great. He's amazing. I think part of that I see and kind of like, the the cutscenes are very reminiscent of Yakuza cutscenes. You get those over over expression and general facial movements that you think I could not pull that face off if I was the most surprised person on earth. And <laughs> that guy looks ten times as surprised as anyone could ever look. I think I think it works really well. Like I I had a lot of fun just watching what was going on in screen on this. It, it was really really entertaining. Yeah, so um, um, I I, th- I think I think this game would be ripe for a fun HDFI. Yeah, and I don't I don't mean like a full remake, but it would be it would be it would be a good candidate to upres it, mm-hmm. kind of like Vanquish was. Um, Although I did actually play this uh, this PC version. Oh, and oh, good. It is quite scalable. It's sort of I think I did. Well, it was only locked in at 1080p, but as far as I remember, I think that's a bit higher than what the PS3 version was. Oh, I would imagine the PS3 it. version. We'll we'll talk about it, but it it had some some trouble. Um, my, my PS3 jumps back to 720, like okay on screen all um, the way back. Well, let's talk about it now since we both played on the PS3. Did um um did your PS3 make that? Noise when it when it hit boss fights. No, it's because it means it's like I got quiet as a whisper the whole time. Okay, because because like um during the spider boss fight, mine slowed Ooh. to a crawl. Really? Like I think my PC whimpered a little at that point. <laughs> even though it, it did, there was no on-screen sort of like frame drops or anything, but I did notice it sort of picking up a bit of heat in the corner. Yeah, oh I god. I didn't notice any no no degradation in frame rate or anything like that at all. Oh, I hit it in a couple. Uh, yeah, mainly during boss fights. Like, like that's the note I have down. Like the what bosses. P- le- what PS3? Sorry, have you got? I got the super slim. Is that what I've got? I can't remember. I've got the one that looks like the big one, but it's slightly smaller, but not the smallest. Yeah, is it is it the tray that up top where you move it with your hand, put the disc in, slide yes, it over? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I have. Oh no! 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 Mine's is the one where you just jam the disc straight in the front. Oh, oh okay. Slim. Yeah, that's just, just a slim. All oh, right, okay. So, um, it might matter. I, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm very, very bad on technical stuff. So I don't know why, but like the the spider boss fight was bad. The uh, the chandelier boss fight was really bad. Mm-hmm. Like in term, I mean, not to where it got unplayable, but when I start noticing frame drops. It, it's yeah, getting yeah. pretty bad because yeah. I generally don't notice those things. These are absolutely monstrously huge bosses, though. You have to. Oh yeah, have to yeah. Remember. It's like Shadow <laughs> the Colossus level bosses in some of these cases. Mm, mm. But I mean, um, uh, God, the smaller ones. The smaller ones aren't too bad. You know, like the sort of the, the standard big, big boy robot thing with the sort of like. We'll call it the Horizon Zero Dawn <laughs> robot. The, um, oh God, what was it? What was it called? Not a ninja something, a shinobi bot. Oh yeah, the shinobi slicer oh, yeah. things or yeah, yeah, those things are very cool looking. I mean, really cool um, looking. 
The robot design, like when you first start and, you know, you go down the pipe with Big Bo Mm -hmm. and, you know, you're doing your normal stuff. I was worried, oh, this is going to get repetitive as all hell because the rank and file robots are not necessarily fun to kill and they're not fun to fight and they don't look interesting. But once you get further on, they start introducing more and more interesting robot designs. And then they introduce Kane and you're like, well, I, I have to marry this man. Yeah. So uh, it's so, great. I, but, I disagree. I think I, 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 I mean, the thing that pulled me into it when I originally played it and I thought, uh, I'm not 100% sure how this is going to go and stuff. It was sort of like once I'd wiped the first few, few enemies out, it, it's right. They have a very awkward sort of pattern to them. Like they don't stay up for long enough for you to be able to shoot them properly all the time. Yeah. But I, I find it satisfying the way you destroy one of them. Once you start getting those critical hits on them, you sort of go, ooh, they're falling to pieces just the right way, and it's looking just just about visually perfect here. I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you what. It, it wasn't until um, later in the game, like the first time I noticed it, and we'll keep spoilers light in case you want to play this, but um, do you remember after the big car chase scene where you're mm-hmm. stuck in the, uh, uh, in the tunnel yeah. and there's in the, the red lights where- going – it was about that time where I think my guns hit a specific point where you could start at the feet and melt them upwards. Mm. Where you start at the feet and they just yeah. crumble and then you get the chest and it just crumbles. And then it, it, it was very satisfying at that point to kill these things because they melt in a very cool way. Uh, I think, I think the, the biggest compliment I can say off the bat really is that I might have alluded to earlier that this game came out around about the same time as Vanquish. But I think each of the two games has its own little piece of a puzzle where they sort of complement each other. For me personally, I don't know about anyone else, but I think there's bits of each which I think you could combine together to make a, a very, very nice nice game. Yeah, if, if you added the, let's say, uh, Rocket's gameplay of Vanquish to this, hmm. that would be really cool. Like, I did struggle a little bit with how um, clunky cover was in this did any of you guys struggle uh, i didn't particularly because i played this really really aggressively like running into the fray and smashing people uh, because it seems that melee attacks up your you know like what's the what's the term for people liking you your trust oh your approval yes yeah. your approval your approval whatever um, hitting people with the butt of your rifle really does that for them. So I did a lot of that. Uh, the co- cover-wise, I thought it was pretty solid. The only thing I found was janky was if you tried to sprint anywhere, you would quite often magnetize onto the wall of the corridor yeah. that you're sprinting up. Uh, but it was okay. I'm I'm playing Mass Effect One just now, by the way. So like this was just lovely. Oh, so what you're saying is you're Commander Shepard and this is your favorite product on the Citadel. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. I, I pretty much completely agree with Craig on, on everything there as well. Really? Yeah, see, I just had trouble of, like, I would stick to it after I swear that I've pulled off of it, like, the cover-wise. You know, I would, like, hit the button to cover and then you try to pull off of it and it would, like, <laughs> you it's back okay. onto it. That's a problem that some amateur gamers get. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You, you're fine. <laughs> Okay, I'll just go play Hello Kitty Island Adventure, and we'll have a show about that. Um, but yes, uh, while we had some net trouble and Mike brought something up, we haven't actually talked about the gameplay of the game itself. 
Um, now, we could say things like Vanquish or Gears of War, but if you haven't played either of those, you wouldn't know what we're talking about. So who wants to briefly explain the actual gameplay of Binary Domain, then we'll talk about what makes this special. Uh, basically, you've got a third-person cover shooter, and you're running from area to area, shooting robots, Terminator robots, who, if you shoot off one of your arms, will pick up their gun with their other arm and keep shooting you. It's rather, rather unsettling. Um, there's various bits and bobs of mechanics behind that. So we've got a trust system for a team. So you can pick your team from a pool of five people at one point and build up a changing group of people. You can build up a trust system. There's varying bits and bobs of decisions you have to make. And there's a conversational system behind that as well. So you can talk to your team and big up. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Oh. Um, and that's that's kind of like that's the base of it. You, the whole game, not to give any spoiler alerts away or anything, is you are attacking robots to get to a robot overlord to kill robots, basically something along those kind of lines. I wasn't really paying attention. Um, so, guys, were did you guys know this? This is a game about robots. Is it? I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't realize I think that. It, it, it's behind the scenes a little bit, but I have a few theories that I think will pan out, but we'll oh. talk about it later. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's it's very simple mm -hmm. gameplay up front, but not boring. It's, and I think it's important to make that point. Yeah, it's really not. It's not like a... I, I think this, this, to me, ties a lot into... What did I... I wrote down in my notes... I was trying to make up a game name and I got to Army of Two Gears Terminator. Um, Vanquish the Army of Two Gears Terminator. <laughs> exactly. It's it's very B-movie action, bro, we're going to shoot things stuff, but there's a level of gentle RPG leveling up of stuff that just it kicks it up a notch and it keeps it interesting. I think there's a little hint of like Snatcher in there as well. Because that's, that's definitely oh, yes, there yeah. is a little hint of Snatcher. That's a very good point. Yeah. Uh, Modnar shows up. <laughs> <laughs> Not Modnar. Um, nice. the, the last mechanic, I suppose then, apart from leveling up weapons and team-based kind of trust, is there is voice controls which i did not engage with in the slightest because <laughs> like a scottish a scottish person doing voice controls is just not it's not a thing it did, did either of you guys try it uh okay so i figured well you know what this will probably this might be the only time i played this game so i want to interact with everything in the game just so i could say okay yeah i, I tried this in an optimal way I forgot how unfriendly the PS3 is towards anything <laughs> at all. Yeah. I had to try out 18 microphones till I got one that worked and had a 70% because they have a bunch of menus. To their credit, they have a bunch of menus where you can tailor exactly uh, how the voice system works. Um it was a lot of fun to say, you know, like, holy shit and damn, right next to I love you uh, with the uh, the voice recognition software. So the only one that worked out of all of my microphones was my rock band microphone. Whoa. So I had to come up with a stupid apparatus to hold the stupid rock band microphone. 
to my chest while I was playing. Don't tell me, don't tell me. You played the rest of the game with a drum kit. <laughs> I'm DK Bongos, actually. Um, so I had to wear an extra shirt and then zip up the microphone inside oh, God, the sweatshirt <laughs> so it holds this really heavy microphone. And every time I wanted to yell into it, I had to like pull my neck back and like put my chin on my chest and yell into the microphone. Uh, not a very good way to play binary domain. Um, I played about three quarters. I don't want to spoil it, but like three quarters of the game with that. And then I finally said, enough. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, I think it is v- a very cool idea. Wait, wait, before we get to it, uh, Mike, did you dick around with the voice recognition? Uh, very first time, I think there was a demo for the game on the PS3, if I remember right, years back, and I did, I did plug something in, because it was around the same time as you had, like, End War and sort of weird... Oh, yeah, like Hawks and stuff, that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, people would be, people would be playing about with that a little bit, just to see, but, you know, uh, this one was the first one that I thought fully embraced it and took it, like, well on, and it was, like, front and centre saying press this button for voice controls and things and showing voice controls all over the place. And I was like thinking, am I get, am I going to be getting the right thing without them? So I, I tried it for the demo, but when, by the time I got to the full game, nah. <laughs> it, it never picked up half of my voice, half of the stuff I was saying anyway. Or I'd just end up repeating myself over and over and the, or just pressing a button while saying it at the same time. So I thought... Let's, Might as well press the button. Yeah. yeah. I had well press the I, I had three distinct issues with running this game. The first was kids. You know, kids, cat, wife, noise. You, you're not going to get that perfect environment. And uh, like. All solved with duct tape. Well, yeah, actually, come to think of it. But more pressingly, I don't have an official PS3 remote. So, what Craig did was. He synchronize one of his DS4s to the PlayStation 3, which is very easy to do with my wee, you know, like, micro USB cable. But this is one of the games that don't support the DS4. So I got to the no. pre- the press start to continue screen, and I was hammering the option button. Nope, nothing's happening. <laughs> so I plugged it in, and it worked. So I played the first hour and a half of the game sitting... 20 centimetres from a 55-inch telly <laughs> uh, before I, I then switched on to, uh, I don't know if you know the brand, but um, Hori have a heap of like PlayStation remotes and stuff, and they do a mini pad, so it's like a child... Please stop calling them remotes, Craig. Please. Why? You're, it's you're a remote. Because they're controllers. It's a remote. Please, you're, you know a remote is what you use to control your TV. No, that's a the channel changer. <laughs> it's a clicker. It's a channel changer. Oh, you change the television. Remote, remote. You change remote the- over clicker any day. It, oh it, it's God. a controller, please. I can accept joystick and controller, but anything else in my brain hurts. All right, okay. Fucking hell. It's a channel chain. No, it's a room. <laughs> no, it's a controller. It's, it's a Wiimote. You played it with a Wiimote. Uh, Hori do a mini pad, which is like a kid's version of a controller. It's tiny, they're really well made, and they're, they're wired, but it let me play it from a comfortable seated position. But the problem then was that if you try and strafe right and then look left, the thumbsticks are too close, so my thumbs actually... And they touch? Yeah, <laughs> they press against each other. So I had a heap of control issues with this. 
And then after straight after playing this, I thought, I'm going to play me some flipping Future Soldier. And I boot- booted it up, and it's another game that doesn't support the DST. Ah, and I'm like, Arr! it's the worst. <laughs> Re- really odd on that point, but funnily enough, on the PC, if you load it up with the Xbox pad connected, uh, all of a sudden it makes it all funny and like the right stick does stuff that you think the left stick should do and all sorts. And what, what the actual solution is to have your pad unplugged before starting the game, and as soon, as soon as you see the title screen, plug the pad in. And it picks it up all perfectly. But it's just some sort of weird bug on Steam with Ooh. it. I don't know what it is. I, I held a heap of weird, bad things with the PC review. Like the jet ski section. A heap of people couldn't get the jet ski to go forward. So they had to just randomly mash keys on the keyboard. Because there's no there's no way to see what keys do what. Oh, um, no. I was, I, was playing with a, I was playing with a pad. Oh, were you playing you with a pad? Get... Okay. Yeah, but it's it, it's just to get the pad to work, you need to do a specific thing and plug it in at a certain point in the booting up for it to pick up the buttons correctly. Otherwise, half the buttons don't work and you can't move across the menu. <laughs> so, and um, to keep up this trend of controller problems for the binary domain, um, since you know I I do I have a six foot uh, cord for when I want to play a D, you know a PS3 game with the DS4, and uh, that joystick is by far superior to the PS3. Um, and all, it's all my PS3 joysticks I don't use very often, and they were all dead, and the batteries wouldn't charge, so I ended up, like Craig, having to, like, jimmy my stuff around so I could sit in my chair while my PS3 is next to me with my really short <laughs> yeah. mini cable. So, yeah. Um, it worked fine other than that. It was just, I, I couldn't charge the batteries because they were, just wouldn't charge, so I had to play with that plugged in at all times. But, um, okay, so... Yes, Let, let's talk about the voice recognition, even though I'm the only one that did it. Um, it surprisingly was effective. It um, it worked a lot of the time. Uh, and it was pretty good about... Craig, the main, the main character is American. Oh, yeah. yeah that I'm is talking, true. Yeah. Um, and it, it did a very good job of recognizing, I'd say, like 85% of the stuff that I said... Um, which is higher than most games, like you know your Mario Party fives or your your Tom Clancy End Wars and stuff like that. I always had trouble because I don't know if I speak different than most other Americans or what, but I just have trouble with that stuff. And um, the thing I started to notice was I don't talk when I play games. Like I'm not one of the guys that will like be playing by himself, and I'll still go like, "Oh fuck this!" or "Oh god, gotcha. oh, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. talk. While I play games, I'm very quiet because I'm I'm a grown up, um, and it felt very unnatural for me to talk while playing games. If I'm not, you know, like playing games with you guys, uh, so it was something I I had to force myself to do because even though I had that microphone sitting on my chest like some weird baby, I still was doing the button prompts instead. Um, I think the conversation. Oops, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like, to me. It feels, I know it feels unnatural to do that, but this is also quite like a relatively unique mechanic, a relatively unique thing where you would just never be used to doing it. Like, you you, you game just now based on muscle memory and reflex for the most part. Yeah. So someone says something on screen, you're not thinking, I will respond with my voice. You're always thinking, 
is it going to be a button press or is it going to be a a, a wheel that I need to dial round to respond? It's never, I'm going to talk to this thing. Like, even these days, what other games do you talk at? Uh, Nintendogs, probably being the biggest one, is, is the only one I can think of that's <laughs> very heavily... Yeah. Based on voice. And no, I'm not some weird Nintendo savant. It's because of my daughter. I was just about okay? to say, I was just about to say, hang on a second, you said that really defensively. Like, Nintendo, like, you're talking about. I'm going to give it to your daughter, and your daughter's going to be there at nine at night going, sit down, sit down, sit down. And it, I mean, the, the voice recognition on that is kind of awful, too. Either that or maybe our regional dialect doesn't mm-hmm. work well. Um, but uh, – and I did have a few hiccups where, you know, um, I would call my wife and I'd just be like, hey, Kelsey. And then Big Bo would be like, ah, quit your bitching. It's like, I, I, just, I just wanted my wife, Bo. That's just it. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it did cause me to, like, lose trust with some people because mm-hmm. it would mistake what I was saying. But on the whole, it, it's it's unique and interesting. Yeah. I cho- If I was to replay it, I would never replay it that way even if I had a headset. But it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, can we talk about the conversation system as a whole? Yeah. Like button prompt or voice. I think it's kind of a waste. How do you guys feel about um, it? It feels it feels out of place. Like the first place I felt it felt really out of place was in that underground market area because you hit a spot, it's like high octane action for a couple of hours, two or three hours. You're like bang, 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 bang. And then all of a sudden, you're walking really slowly through a small underground market and you have to walk up to and press triangle to interact with someone else to have a small conversation to basically gain trust with them. But 99.9999% of the time, all you have to do is agree with them and pander to whatever they're saying. Yeah, I to, was going to mention that. To gain trust. And it doesn't matter... If you contradict yourself time and time again, talking to all your team, it just feels a bit... Yeah, talking to one lady that's like, I don't like fancy things, and you're like, right on, I hate yeah. fancy stuff. Then you talk to the other person that's like, I really like fancy oh, yeah. clothes. You're like, so, so do, do I. I. It's yeah. amazing. So, <laughs> it, fe- it felt a wee bit... It wasn't, it wasn't the main one like he just says Roger or something. Isn't that yeah. like the main... Or okay. 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 Yeah. yeah. And there, there, have been, there were a couple of questions where... Um, I, I forget her name. Hold on, I'll pull it up. The Faye? Oh, Faye. Yeah, she'll talk to you about something, and it'll be like kind of a double negative thing. Like, don't tell me you can't not do this. And I'm like, do I say yes or no? I, I, I don't know. Why couldn't we have agree or disagree? Uh, yeah, there were a couple of times where the limited yes or no buttons mm. kind so, of like, well, let's hope for the best. Can I ask a question then? See, and the you hold down L2, and you get the two, three, or four options. Like, okay, mm-hmm. yes, no. When you are playing with your voice, do you need to say one of those, or can you say "Hell yeah" and it'll still recognize a positive answer? Yeah. Uh, um. There's a list of. Uh. I I had the number. I'm sorry, I didn't put it in the notes. I think it's like um 87 words that okay. the game recognizes, right. and a lot of those are variations of like no, hell no, nah. You know, that kind of stuff. And uh, if you're going to do the voice controls, you go into the options. They have you read every single one of the words so it knows what you Uh, sound like. Okay. Problem was I did a Scottish accent through the whole thing. And then it just didn't recognize anything. But yeah, so you could say yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. I don't know why you turned into Hans Gruber at that exact moment. But yeah. (laughs) Um, 
And and I, I I guess I'm used to Mass Effect where you don't so much play through the character's strength, you play yourself or a, you play a different character and how your relationships end up the way they end up. Maybe Rex likes you, maybe he doesn't. In this, it they put something incredibly important behind the relationships and so your first instinct is to game it. No, I, I completely get it. I did read a guide which said uh, to get your, you know, to get your loyalty up, all you have to do is pretty much agree to every single person. And the biggest the biggest pet peeve for me is that this is a game you need to play with, like, the subtitles on, and you need to keep an eye on that. Oh, yeah. Prompt, because half the time, the, the amount of shooting, you can't really hear people's voices over what's going on. So you sort of, you need to just follow. Whenever it says press that button to, you know, make a make a comment back to someone else, or I'd, I'd forget half of them. I'd be sort of like, you get a sort or, of decent window to respond, but it's not a huge amount of time. Or there was like, once or once once or twice where I lost trust with somebody because what I thought was normal battle chatter was mm-hmm. was not, and you start walking away, and then they get pissed because you just walked away from them. You're like, oh, sorry, I didn't know you were talking, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a speedrun friendly game, I don't think. No, no, no. It's it's very much uh, stand there, make sure they're done talking, and you have to stay. It, it's weird because you have to stay within a certain proximity of the person, or they take offense to you moving, which is a little the strange. Sad thing is that's probably about a, a four second walk away from them. <laughs> oh yeah, it is not very far at all. They get very touchy. I don't know about it. That's crazy. So um. So, so for you, this was very much a game thing where you're just like, okay, I have to say yes here if I want the trust, and I have to say yes here. It, it wasn't really mm. like a role play thing for you. I think my biggest problem is that I started off testing the waters a bit, and I sort of like, I'd make I'd make the responses I wanted to make, and then suddenly the trust was was dropping, the double arrows were popping up, and I thought, That's, I'm probably not playing this right. So I just then started pandering to him every single time. And I can't wait for the the game. And it is is strange, some of the conversations. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, in this conversation at minute 47. No, it was like, uh, do you remember the underground shop area? Yeah, the the bit which really looks like a part of Yakuza games. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And uh, Mm. your good buddy Big Bo, well, he wants to get himself a prostitute. She pops out the door on the left, doesn't she? Well, yeah, and she's standing right there, and Big Bo's going on and on about how it would be great to dub- tag team a prostitute. Oh my god, that is like, so cringy! Oh, I'm like, sir, should we be discussing this in front of said lady? And also, I don't want to see you naked. Um, it was very strange, but if you want that affection from Big Bo, you got to fist bump and say, "Hell yeah, let's do this!" And I'm like, Ugh. did it? Did anyone? Um... Agree to be the fifteen-year-old's boyfriend because that that in itself was no 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 oh. I didn't was it Yuki no oh no. oh I'm fifteen yeah Do you I remember that boyfriend yeah. and I'm like oh my my insides were crawling out <laughs> um, which which is something you're gonna get into when you play games from Japan that's yeah. fine yeah but um it, it, it's it's weird that that kind of stuff oh this is taking place in a game. About shooting robots. Okay, you know what? You know what? Now that I think about it, it is a lot like Yakuza, where mm-hmm. you will be dealing with this man just killed these people to get this plot of land. Help me get a Dragon Quest game. Yeah, 
you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> we can do that. So yeah, yeah, it actually it fits right in. I really that especially that's what I'm saying. That one scene in the underground mall reeked of Yakuza and the randomness that can come of this. I'm I'm very sad that Kiryu did not have a cameo of some sort, just somebody that even looked like him. Yeah. But appreciate it. Also, can we talk about how Mr. Nagashi thinks the coolest thing in the world is to shoot at things while driving a car? I think that, that boss that boss in the in the in the van. Uh, see, I really like the boss. It's just there are like three or four sections like that. And it's like, this is also in every Yakuza game. Is there something you would like to talk about, Mr. Nagoshi? Because it's in every single game. And in this, it's the worst. Because while Kane's driving, he's avoiding stuff. And your reticule is just everywhere. Mm. Although although it's a lot smoother on the PC. And the, the you know, funnily enough, he does actually have a credit on... Um, the the remake collection of House of the Dead two and three, strangely enough. So so the man likes likes his light gun reticule yeah. shooters. I think so. Well, Sega Sega has a huge history of them, doesn't oh, it? It really does. I I hated. Wait that. a minute. I, I, I hold oh, on. Oh, hold on. Jesus. I'm gonna call yeah. you on that. Other than House of the Dead, what's their huge history? That's the only one I can think of. Uh, well they they. Nagashi himself was contracted by Namco to make a game called Time Crisis, which he did. Oh, he did, really? And then on his on his lunch break, he made Point Blank. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know he was behind Point Blank and no, Time Crisis. No, of course not. Of course not. Well, the, because I don't know, Mike got, wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't lie to me. <sighs> Ever? Oh, fine. You've got Jurassic Park. Oh, you've got uh, Virtual Cop. <laughs> okay, Virtua Cop. Yeah, I did forget about Virtua Cop. Okay, I wasn't calling you out to be an asshole. I was genuinely curious because, huh, I don't think Sega when I think of Light Gun. I think Namco when I think of Light Gun. But yeah, uh, okay. Virtua Cop 2? Uh-uh. Sega Bass Fishing? Okay, yeah, sorry, sorry. Continue on. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to grind it to a halt. Oh, there's what's it called as well? That, um, uh, what's it called? Ghost Squad. Oh, no. Oh, had the green gun in the arcades. Yeah, the one where you go into the house and you knock over the tables and stuff and shoot all the oh, people okay, and like, yeah. log cabins. Okay, so yeah. I, I, few, I didn't know that was Sega either. Mm-hmm. And there's oh, probably well. loads of others I can't think of off the top of my head right now. But they well, did not do Revolution X, so that's a, a, a huge oh, plus. Oh, that is a bonus. Any studio gets 10 points for not doing Revolution <laughs> X, except for Midway. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sorry, continue on. Oh, I um, that section was the first, I'm going to say, and only section I repeated. No, the, yeah, actually it was. It was the first and only section I died four or five times on the trot before I realised that you could duck back into the car to reload. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it took me one or two deaths. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't very clear. I That was the only dud set piece in the whole game for me. Like, le- legitimately, it was that car chase. Specifically when there's a, there's a roadblock straight ahead of you and you have to take a 90 degree turn right. And no matter what oh, you yeah. do... I ended up feeling squeamish. I was like, well, let's get on here. I'm just going to duck. It, it was the only section of the game where whenever I got to one, because there are like three or four, 
it was just kind of all right all right let's do this other than that no i i didn't have any i mean the only other thing i could say is a problem uh is it has um this era thing where like you can't shoot through chain link fences and things like that i'm 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 used to that now of like oh yeah you can shoot through a chain link fence it's fine but you know stuff like that were really the only other outright this this isn't so great that i had about the whole game um it might not come across it but um we're we're going to start wrapping this up cuz we have we have uh, episode 2 to get to and we're still talking about the game itself which should be an indicator of this is really interesting uh so so brief just based on what we've talked about don't take any of this as me being down on the game at all this was arguably better than gears of war and i think it stands up there with vanquish this is really fun um what about you guys i'm i'm on the same boat i had an absolute barrel of laughs just the right mix of third person shootery chaos 80s B-movie action shite that you wouldn't normally put up with, but you're going to put up with because it's happening. Um, it had just it, everything that, like everything that just made it go. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. It's it's a certain amount of time, and I enjoyed every moment of it. Yeah, I think I think I think there's two two main big points for me to get out of the way for this just before we move on, which is just that. Um, you know, the first point is a lot of people always talk about games which grow and they talk about, you know, Final Fantasy 13, how you play for 25 hours before it finally opens up and things like that. But I think this is definitely one of the cases where it's one of the shortest cases. It's like a 45 minute window where if, if you're not in there, then after 45 minutes, you're going to hit, hit the point where you can see, is this the game for me or not? And that's it. That's it. 45 minutes, slow trudge through sort of relatively mundane intro to get you into it, which I think then picks up and, and kicks yeah, off. Yeah, it was strange how with the intro they had you like do the swimming section and stuff like that. It wasn't until the first uh, boss, that loader, that I was like, mm. oh, okay, okay, I, I, I'm digging this I now. I think that was the bit for me that had that, this is the build-up, it's that, then the flashback to why you're there, and then pulled back into the actual action. It It was... I thought it was really gently paced, but nice. Oh. It, it belayed okay. the chaos that was to come. <laughs> sure. Man. But yeah, the other thing is this: you, you have to remember if you look at the reviews from the time. This this is a this is like a seven seven point five to pretty much everyone saying ignore this, get Vanquish. Personally, I think they both go nicely hand in hand as two games of the time, which you probably wouldn't shouldn't skip either really but you know no it's kind of a vein it's it's kind of a bayonetta devil may cry situation i can honest i can say like pinky promise right now my wee playstation 3 over there the light is flashing and it is currently downloading vanquish (laughs) it's really good it's it's as good as this you know just you picked up vanquish on fanatical the other day for three pound 70 so i'm I'm gonna be on that too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got the I got that uh, the PS4 re-release with uh, that and Bayonetta, so I'll be cracking into that. Uh, anyway, we're not talking about Vanquish. Um, this is a little bit different for us because, um, oddly enough, even on things like Dragon Age, we haven't talked this long about the game play mm-hmm. itself. So uh, we're gonna cut this off here, 
And we will continue it on episode two where we will also talk about the story. We'll try not to let it drag on to Dragon Age Origins length, yeah. but uh, we'll see. But we, we, that's the future. We will spoil the fuck out of it. So if you have oh, got to this absolutely. point, and you, you know, our enthusiasm should say, just go and play it. It's not like Dragon Age where we were saying, don't, don't, go, that it's too far back. Don't, do, I would say, absolutely, just go and pick this up and play it because it's a flipping laugh. And you know what? You know what? Now that you mentioned, we mentioned Dragon Age, it is, it's hard to think that Dragon Age on the PlayStation 3 or 360 has aged worse than Binary Domain mm. on the exact same system. Yeah. This it's is kind of strange. This, this is a league ahead. It really is in terms of graphic fidelity and just general aging. It's it's just fun. yeah yeah. Like I it doesn't worry feel... though. I would say this this is probably getting close to its last legs now. I think if you're going to jump on board with it, you probably want to jump on board with it next year or so. Because I think yeah yeah. If, if you and stuff come in, if you jump back, the only thing that'll take you aback is probably going to be the graphic fidelity. If you're coming from Xbox One, PS4, PC market but other than that no it feels fairly current but anyway we will keep continue talk we will keep continue oh boy we will will Uh, keep continuing to continue talking keeping talking continuing because this is our business and we're in business of being a business so let's get back to business um anyway so yes uh join us on episode two where we normally will spoil the story and we still will but uh since we're still talking about mechanics what we'll do is we'll put an extra spoiler okay we're done with mechanics now we're talking story in the second episode so uh well um mike uh, craig wants to say goodnight to the fine people we miss you oh i love <laughs> kane so much i love kane <laughs> uh mike uh fuck good night Uh, and we will see you next time on Binary Domain Part D Yeah.